0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I am Bruce. Uh, welcome to the season finale of s- season five. Um, we're we're back at it again, recording at home. Uh, thank you. I've been recording at home the whole time. Uh, I guess that's true. <laughs> you know, safety precautions. Just uh, you know, figured do this from home and uh do it i was gonna say without shoes on but i always do it without shoes on
1: i, I don't have know. slippers on right now so
0: mm. i get to do it uh with my best friend frankie nice uh, he's running around here somewhere <clears throat> i get to podcast anyway. with my best friend andy oh oh yeah my best friend's <laughs> bruce uh welcome to the season finale got a good one for you, you as bet. mentioned last week Every every season we finish off with a nice big old theme deck. We we pick a theme, and then going into the last week, we build the deck. Ta-da. Uh This this week's theme, this season's theme, uh, in uh, celebration, I guess, uh, to our eventual return to Kamagawa, is our theme is Kamagawa. Uh, I believe it's one month from today. Uh, today being the date of release of this episode.
1: Basically, we, yeah, we knew Kamigawa. We, we knew uh, Neon Dynasty was coming up. Um, yeah. And we thought, you know, we, we want to do a little something Kamigawa. Uh, we obviously didn't know the cards yet and thought, eh, we don't need to know the cards. We just go with the old stuff. So yeah. that's what we did. Um, and I will say there's also, uh, as far as following the theme, I think we both held to it pretty well. Um, yeah. I did, I did cheat with a few cards that weren't really that weren't part of the block, but were sort of mm-hmm. Kamigawa anyway. Um, you no know, cards. Well, I mean, obviously there are some cards that don't fit the theme at all because yeah. you know, I mean, hey, we're not going to build an entire commander deck based on three sets of cards. Um, but uh, something like Tamiyo the Moon Sage. Uh, she is not from Kamigawa block, but she is from the plane of Kamigawa, so I thought, eh, you know what, that fits. It works. Yeah, kind of, sort of.
0: Yeah, I so, mean, so like, it's it's mm-hmm. such a such a loose loose theme that I don't think, uh, you know, either one of us expected to stick to it no. fully. Um, and uh, we we did our best. Maybe I don't know. We did something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know.
1: But a midnight clock is in the deck that I built. Yeah. Nothing to do with Kamigawa, but you know, seemed like a good idea. I liked it. I wanted yeah. to put it in, so I did. So you know, go look at go go click the links, and, and you'll see what you'll see what we've done, and uh, you'll see that we're pretty close. And as we get into talking about the decks, um, it'll be pretty obvious that uh, I think I think both of us have held pretty true to the to the theme. So
0: yeah. Um, you know what? Let's just get right into it. Uh, Bruce, uh, your deck is based around Maloku, the clouded mirror, uh, four and a blue two, four legendary creature, Moonfolk wizard flying, uh, for one mana and return a land uh, you control to its owner's hand, create a one, one blue illusion creature token with flying. So...
1: The reason I chose, well, I chose Moloku for a whole bunch of reasons, but um, primarily uh, I, I, have, I have the card. Um, and I've had it for, well, I've had it for quite a while and I've built other decks around it. Um, mm-hmm. And actually this deck is, um, it's, it's loosely formed around a 60 card deck that I had built uh, with a similar theme. The idea, I wanted to focus on Maloku's ability, the idea of returning a land you control the owner's hand to get something. So in Maloku's case, you get an, a creature token. However, there's a whole bunch of other creatures in Kamigawa. They're all blue, and they all have the, this ability. So it's, you know, spend some mana, return some lands to your hand, you <laughs> get to do something. What I did, what I noticed as I was putting these, the, the deck together was that most of these were Moonfolk. So I started thinking, Moonfolk, that sounds like a good theme. I'm going to do Moonfolk because... It's weird. It's a little off. And, you know, to be fair, most moon folk really aren't that powerful. So I thought, it'll work out. It, this will be fine. Um, and then realized, you know, if I'm going to really use Maloku's ability and build around this whole idea, let's go with illusions too. And quickly discovered that illusions play almost no part in Kamigawa, but forget it, I'm doing it anyway. So I've got, <laughs> I've got a few illusions in there. And sort of went down that road. Now, is this an illusion deck? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> um, we're definitely focused on the on the moon folk and their abilities a whole lot more than the illusions. But when you're picking when you're picking through uh, Kamigawa cards, especially when you're just looking at the blue ones, um, you're sort of going to end up on a general like. I really struggled to stay away from making this just blue good stuff from Kamigawa deck. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: And in the end, I I think I mostly succeeded, but um, the deck doesn't look like most of the decks that I would build. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, standard blue stuff that just doesn't generally show up in my decks. So
0: where should we start? It's a very good question. Um, Moonfolk. We've got, obviously, Tameo. Right. Um, tell tell me more. I guess. Well,
1: um, most of the moon folk tends to be. I think Soratami is the uh, is generally the the brand of move of moon folk that you see in uh, in most of Kamigawa. So mm-hmm. they all have various abilities. So um, I'm going to look under the card draw stack for now. Soratami Seer. It's a two three flyer for five which is really promising. Um, <laughs> and then you spend four and return two lands you control to, the, to your hand. And then you get to discard your hand and draw that many cards.
0: Including those two lands.
1: Yes, yes. So you've drawn those, you've made your hand from, well, we're blue. So let's assume you already had seven. You made it uh. nine and now you're discarding all nine and, and drawing nine. So that can be fairly effective. Um, four is a lot. Four is a ton. And, uh, well, there's a reason the ramp package is as big as it is. Mm. Uh, there's a reason Heartstone is in this deck. Like, it isn't, like it seems to show up in a lot of my decks. Um, there's a reason Training Grounds is here. Uh, I mean, neither of those really help with Maloku, because Maloku's activation cost is only one. But uh, you'll find that most of the Sorotami have an activation cost of roughly two. So it does help there. Um mm. like I've got Sorotomi Cloud Cloud Skater. Uh again a one one flyer. This one only for two. Uh you spend two, return a land, you can return one land, and then you draw a card and discard. So you loot. Um so obviously you know, I can run through a bunch of these, but uh so those two are there. Uh who else? Uyo, the Silent Prophet, or Uyo, Silent Prophet. She's not the Silent Prophet. Uh, <laughs> uh, a Legendary Creature costs 6. It's a 4-4 four, four with flying. Spend 2, return 2 lands. Uh, copy Target Instant or Sorcery Spell. And you can choose new, new targets for the copy. So um, once it's already out there, I mean, that's some of the... Uh, the cheap, the cheapest copy or sla- copy slash steel effects you can find. So, um, hmm. I think that's promising. But there's a, you I, know, and there's a bunch of these out there. Um, yeah, I so.
0: like, I like the, um, the the Soratami Cloud Chariot. Uh, it's a five man artifact, uh, and it has two abilities, both uh, cost two, uh, generic, uh, one says target creature you get, uh, control gains flying until end of turn which i mean ob- obviously always helpful and uh because there's no tap in the ability you can just do it to any and all creatures that you want to mm-hmm. as long as you can pay for it uh same with the second ability which says prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to and by uh target creature you control this turn right. um which also seems pretty great for like if you want to do like an alpha strike, uh, you know you activate the second one for the things that get blocked. Uh, what what is what is like the 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 like through line with this deck? Like what is uh, like obviously there's the theme of of uh, moonfolk and illusions and spirits and stuff. But like what is what's like the ideal way the wind con that's the word <laughs> the um, win
1: con essentially uh, mm-hmm. it's tough uh the wind con is is primarily illusions um okay which is as i said that's a that's a tough way to go um the idea is that you're going to be able to create enough illusions uh that you are going to be able to to do enough flying damage to get through um i you know, like I said, this is why I'd like to lean a little harder into the illusions. Um, but between the illusions, and most of the cards in the deck are creatures. Yeah, tw- well, okay. So only twenty. There are twenty-seven creatures in the deck, and so you, I mean, you're going to win. You're going to win through creature damage. There's not many mm-hmm. other ways to pull it off. Um, yeah, there's a number that's... of ways to pump your creatures. Um, and another, you know, for the most part, you're going to play blue. Uh, keep your head down. Uh, counter when you need to and look for that, you know, look for opportunities to mess with, mess with the other stuff. Um, yeah. There are a lot of ways to copy spells or steal creatures in the deck as well. So um, I suspect many times that's how you're going to uh, make your way to uh, find your way to victory with this deck is you're going to be stealing <laughs> somebody else's way to victory. So we go that way. Um, in the Illusion Package... Uh, there's Krovik and Mist. Its power and toughness are equal to the number of illusions on the battlefield. Uh, there's Lord of the Unreal, where the illusions get plus one, plus one, and hexproof. There's Min, Wily Illusionist. Uh, whenever you draw your second card of each turn, get a 1-1 one, one blue illusion creature token, with the creature gets plus one, plus zero for each other illusion you control. So oh, nice. that powers yeah. up real quick. Uh, and then there's uh a 1-2 flying illusion, a squid illusion uh when you draw a card put a plus one plus one counter on on so that's another that's another way to sort of get around get around things a little bit
0: yeah i like that like you know it, it it the illusions obviously work well with a lot of your card draw um yeah and i think your illusions especially work well i think lord of the unreal kind of holds things in place um especially where you have uh what is it uh cure great glass spinner in your deck uh which is uh for right. one blue and blue two two flying creatures you control have whenever this creature becomes the target of a spell or ability for the first time uh in a turn counter that spell or ability so like um you know if you have lord of the unreal out uh it, like it just kind of mm-hmm. adds to the the protection of it all um yeah, I mean, if you're
1: if you're trying to deal with uh, either Krovik and Mist or say Onirophage, yeah, you've got to deal with Lord of the Unreal first, and it's going to take two spells to make that happen.
0: Yeah, and, and then and
1: you've got to have come up with two more. Then you have to come up with two more spells to take one of those two out. Yeah. Uh, so it yeah it really piles up. Uh, Cure the Great Glass Spinner is uh, miserable in in some of the better decks that that I've seen. And uh,
0: it fit, it's right out of
1: Kamigawa blocks. So, I mean, you not
0: put it in. <laughs> I, I like um, Stormtide Leviathan, classic and mono blue. Um, and if, A, a and pain if, right, to deal with.
1: And if the focus is illusions that are blue creatures that fly, well, this yeah. gets around that completely. And I will say almost all the moon folk also fly. It just, you know, it, So I, most of the creatures that are in the deck can already fly. So uh, I thought I would...
0: Card draw package seems pretty sweet for mono blue. The card draw Um, package
1: worked out pretty well, actually. I wanted to talk about Azami, Lady of Scrolls, just a little bit. Yeah. It's a card everybody knows. It's from Kamigawa Block, so it fits the theme. And it was, tap and untap wizard you control. Draw a card. Like, oh, okay, well, this is Moonfolk, and it is Illusions. But you'll note that there are a lot of Moonfolk wizards, including the (laughs) commander and the commander doesn't need to tap to do the ability and neither do most of my creatures. So you might not want to tap them on your turn because then they can't block, but um if they're blocking and about to die, you can certainly tap them and draw a card and get a bonus card out of it. Yeah, um, it
0: seems like uh from a quick count it seems like you've got 11 wizards, which is, you know, which a is third to right. half of your creatures.
1: Right, and that turned out to be way more than I was expecting it would be. <laughs> uh, cuz honestly when I put Azami in there, my thought was, well, let's see how many if I can get like 4 or 5, then I'm going to be happy cuz right. Azami herself is a wizard. So my right. thought was worst case scenario, I tap her tap herself, yeah. Uh, I'll take that. You know, that that was fine and the, you know, the 2 and blue 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 as your mana cost didn't you know that that doesn't hurt an all-blue deck, so I thought I would give it a shot, and then yeah, so it turns out I've got way more wizards than I was expecting to find, so uh, I don't think the deck is going to have too many issues as far as drawing cards. Uh, Honden of the Seeing Winds, at the beginning mm-hmm. of your upkeep, draw a card for each shrine you control. There's only one shrine. It, it's all right. by itself, but that's fine. Again, blue, uh, I mean black will play Phyrexian Arena. Where they're paying a life to draw a card every turn, every upkeep, this is I'm getting it for free. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it costs five to put out, but we're going to talk about the extra land drop package shortly, and uh, I don't think that getting to six mana is going to be that difficult. So,
0: yeah, um, it's I, uh, it's the staying at six mana uh, is yeah. the difficult part. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's the staying at six lands is going to be the real trick. Um, uh, I also include Kami of the Crescent Moon. So classic, uh, yeah, classic Howling Mine deal. Um, I mean, hey, another uh, another legendary creature, another blue creature from Kamigawa. So seems yeah. good.
0: While while we're talking yeah. about extra land drops, uh, Gearper Ori is a yes. card that you don't see very often, uh, or at least I have not. Uh, seems like a pretty sweet card. Um, it honestly.
1: This was a card that I really didn't pay a lot of attention to, but so many of the abilities in for, uh, on the creatures in this deck involve returning land to your hand. And as we all know, until we're at like 10, nobody really wants to actually return a land to their hand because you want the land out to do stuff, to cast spells. So, and I don't want to wait until that late in the game until I'm willing to return some lands. So I started looking at ways to play more than one land per turn because if I'm going to return lands, if I'm going to return a land in my hand to get a 1-1 blue flyer, I need to have a way to get that land back out. So I did a search, and gear per orrery was one of the cards that popped up. So it's a four-mana artifact that says each player may play an additional land on each of his or her turns. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, if that player has no cards in hand, that player draws three cards. So
0: I'm <laughs> almost right. never
1: going to get that second ability. but yeah, Almost nobody's going to. Right. Um, but my thought was the ability to play an extra land um, is going to be key. There, are, There's just so many cards in my deck that want me to put mm. a land back in my hand. Um, I can definitely see why uh, folks like to pair white with this because white has so many abilities that, you know if you have less lands out than somebody else do something there's so many land tax style ways of adding land Mm. that i can see why people like running you know running these sorts of cards with white just because it allows you to get caught up a little bit but um, yeah so anyways that Um, was gear per orrery
0: yeah and then um you're gonna have to help me with this card uh i kind of understand how it works but it's patron of the moon it's five blue blue five four legendary uh creature yeah. spirit yes uh has flying and for one you put up to two land cards from your hand on the, into play tapped yes. which is sweet because uh instant speed you can do it you know right before it becomes your turn and you untap yeah uh but it has moon folk offering so in kamigawa there was a a cycle of offering cards. I've got one in my deck, yeah. uh, which we will see. Uh, it says, "You uh, Moonfolk offering. You may play this card anytime you could play an instant by sacrificing a Moonfolk and paying the difference in mana cost between this and the sacrificed Moonfolk. Mana cost includes color." Yes. Um, seems like a lot of text, but it seems rather straightforward, right? Yeah. I mean,
1: okay, if you have. Uh, I'm going to say, say Soratami Rain Shaper, it costs two and a blue. So if you you sacrifice that Mm Moonfolk, and then I would be able to reduce this seven mana cost by three. So instead of paying five blue blue, I would pay three blue.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, three blue for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could do that at instant speed, which is also pretty nuts for a seven mana cost card. Um. interesting okay Um.
1: the nice part with this one is yeah. the ability to put two land cards from your hand onto the into play tapped you don't have to tap to do that yeah so if I pay it a second time I could put two more lands out and you say to yourself well how often are you going to have four lands in hand well Okay. So When
0: you you bounce four lands to your hand. Well, this is just
1: it. So if I've (laughs) got Uyo, Silent Prophet, I can spend... It says, spend two, return two lands you control to their owner's hand. Copy the target instant or sorcery spell. I may choose Mm. new targets for the copy. Okay, so I tap two lands, return those tapped lands back to my hand, uh, copy the instant or sorcery. Great. Now I'm going to spend one more and put those two lands back into play tapped
0: oh yeah so you're really only spending three generally right um, now
1: they're tapped but in theory you can do all of that fast enough that if you want to copy uh, a target a target copy that instant or sorcery twice mm. then you could tap two other lands bring those back to your hand spend one more and tap swing out the patron it costs six but you get two copies of the spell so if somebody is playing some kind of monster or monster spell or let's say somebody's playing Brass's Bounty you know <laughs> I, you want in on some of that so you can uh, you can play it and copy it twice or uh, I don't know copy your own spell if you want to uh yeah you know bounce other thing bounce things twice or how whatever you want but that's just uyo right there's other there are other options as well so um you know, there's all sorts of things. Um there's a couple of cards that have landfall. Okay. Because uh, that just makes sense. But yeah, absolutely I there was isn't say. a lot of blue landfall. So yeah. uh obviously Royal Elemental is is the big one. So mm. um, but Royal Elemental and Patron of the Moon, um, things are gonna get ugly. Uh yeah. I'm gonna take a lot of creatures.
0: Yeah, Let's especially see. where uh I mean you're gonna take a lot of creatures. I mean, it's got a great steal and copy package. With, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, a replication, a yeah. commander staple. Um, Beguiler of Wills is a creature that I've never seen before. No, nope. um, oh,
1: yeah. Now, yeah, Beguiler of Wills doesn't fit the Kamigawa package, but that's yeah, fine. <laughs> uh, a one one for five tap, gain control of target creature with a power less than or equal to the number of creatures you control.
0: Oh, interesting. Um,
1: or my thought when I put it in was, if I'm running illusions, even yeah. if I get three illusions, they're probably going to be 2-1 uh, illusions or 2-2 two, two illusions. That's six, plus Beguiler of Wills is one, so now I'm looking at a 7-7 seven, seven creature. I don't think it would take too much effort to suddenly find that you have the ability to take anything with this card.
0: Yeah, that's sweet. So, or, um, sorry,
1: it's equal to the number of creatures you control, not their power, but yeah same idea i mean i was thinking about the illusions but
0: um uh, i guess to wrap up your deck uh what what are you thinking of if you were to to make this into a, a paper deck uh beyond just just this this exercise uh what do you, what are you thinking of adding or um, taking out or yeah
1: i think it's more a case of what i'm going to take out uh
0: yeah
1: umisawa's jite is in the deck because it's kamigawa and fits theme because mm-hmm. hey, Kanigawa. Um However, it costs thirty bucks, and uh, you know it does great things. But you know, I, I'm not that yeah. big a slave to the theme that I feel like I have to spend the money on that. So I would probably drop that as one of the cards. Um, the difficulty I have right now is that I just don't know. Like, I haven't I haven't put I haven't bought the deck in paper. So right. I can't tell you, you know, turns out my removal package is too big or turns out my ramp package is just hot garbage and I need to, <laughs> uh, I need to improve it. Um, so I don't know that yet. Um, I- I'm, I'm leaning heavily on the whole idea of illusions, but the illusion package probably isn't big enough to really be doing that. So it may turn out that, you know, I'm leaning on something that really isn't there, so uh, so yeah. I, I think the deck needs a number of uh, you know a number of playthroughs before I can start to pick and choose which card should come out. Uh, yeah, and it also decides you know how tightly do I want to stay with the theme. I'm not going to pretend that that Moonfolk are a super powerful uh, tribe, and you know you can dominate with this. They're not, um, but, <laughs> but they're fun. And, uh, if you're looking for a deck that has lots of little twisty knobs, so, you know, I do this thing, I do that thing, I do this, I do this, I do this, I I adjust this, I turn this, I I have all these choices and decide to do this or this and go here, then I think this deck is great. Uh, So Midnight Clock is more
0: on theme than you actually thought.
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, it turns out, I think so. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, there I think for a lot of these spots, especially stuff if you know... Forgetting about the Kamigawa cards, um, there's a bunch of cards that aren't on theme where you could probably swap them out for something else. Like, I mean, like I said, Midnight Clock is in there because I liked it, and I like the way yeah. it's set up. But on... I mean, if you take it out and put it in a Sky Diamond, or take it out and put it in a Felwar Stone, uh, i i you know, I'm not gonna be... I'm not gonna be shocked. It's That would be a better... That would probably be a better choice, but... I liked where it was and I wanted it to sort of fit to theme a little bit so yeah you know when dreamscape artist is one of the cards in your ramp package <laughs> your ramp package is probably not uh, not optimized by any stretch of the imagination so
0: who wants to optimize it anyway
1: well exactly um, I do have I'm going to wrap real quick I had a bunch of cards that I sort of wanted to put in the deck so I put them in what architect Architect likes to refer to as the Maybe Board. Um, Sensei's Divining Top is cute uh, and you know, should go in every de- should go in every deck that that needs you know where you want to optimize your draws. However, again, speaking of cards that cost way too much money, um, it's right there. <laughs> Seventy dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I chose Hall of the Bandit Lord mostly because uh. I wanted uh, another Kamigala card. The idea of tapping it and paying three life to get one mana man, that is just a tough pill to swallow for me. And I'm just not really sure that, you know, giving my creature haste, especially in this deck, is really going to be the game changer. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's there, but probably not going to run it. Um, And then there's a few other cards. like, I mean, I think I'd like Caged Sun in the deck, uh, but I started moving things around and decided that six mana was just more than I was willing to pay. So
0: yeah i think i think cage sun is uh actually probably key in this deck um considering you are bouncing all these lands to your hand um it kind of keeps you at that equilibrium of uh, needing enough (laughs) mana to do things right because it's going
1: to make the land that i've got that much more valuable so
0: no this this seems sweet um do you think? Uh, do you think? Do you think we're gonna get a reprint of the top? Uh, of the, of Sensei's not Divining just top? A, yeah. Um,
1: if there's going to be a reprint of Sensei's Divining Top, it's going to have to come in in one of the
0: uh, those... oh like a secret layer.
1: Well, I wasn't even thinking secret layer. I was thinking something along the line of another uh, command, like a Commander Legends style uh, or moder- you know, Modern Horizons kind of thing. Yeah. That's where it would have to come in. And I don't know. Um,
0: yeah. I, I would think yeah. that they'd
1: have done it by now. Uh, I know that Wizards doesn't like it for tournaments because it slows down gameplay so badly.
0: That's fair. Uh, and
1: there's a lot of people that don't like it in Commander because it slows down gameplay. Yeah.
0: So. I was um, I was listening to something, and they were talking about how Mark R- Rosewater said that it was a, uh, a mistake. Um, mm-hmm. And they posited the idea that maybe... Uh, there will be something similar or like referring to it in uh, in Neon Dynasty. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, a, a fixed version of the card would be great uh, considering it does something good. And if it does it slightly less good for a whole lot less money, I'm down. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: And I'm looking like, we're both going to say this, at the uh, for both of these decks i'm looking forward to neon dynasty and seeing if it can fill some of the gaps and improve mm. and obviously improve the deck remember we're talking about a set that came out a long time ago where uh creatures were significantly underpowered in compared in comparison to today so i would be curious to see what a moon folk would look like today you know would it would it? One return one land to your hand. Copy target instant sorcery spell twenty five times. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, but I'll be curious to see how it how it goes and uh, how I can up the up the power level and uh, and see if I can't come up with some more cool and interesting
0: yeah. interactions. So, um, is there any other card you wanted to highlight real quick? No, no. Uh, All right. There's a whole bunch here.
1: Please check it out. Take a look um
0: yeah yeah Um, we're gonna throw it over to to our our sponsor real quick um but uh when we come back we'll we'll talk about the deck that i built for our kamagawa theme um it's it's a whole lot of fun um but we'll be right back uh sit tight don't go anywhere bruce okay This episode of Temple of False Spot is brought to you by the well-timed Red Elemental Blast. Who loves countering counters? Do you? Then uh, have I got the card for you. Red Elemental Blast uh, will get your spells down because you can counter a counter. Mm. Red Elemental Blast. Play it. Do it. I dare you. It's one red mana. Mm. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> now back to you. Hey, welcome back. Uh, we're we're here with our, our season finale. We're talking about Kamigawa theme decks. Uh, mine started on theme. Uh, I'd say it's 50 <laughs> It's 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 fun. Uh, it's mono red, so of course it's fun. Uh, my commander is Hamura, Human Ascendant for four red red. They're a four-four. They can't block. And if they're put into a graveyard from play, return it to play flipped. Uh, their flipped side, so it's like one of the like rotate 180, uh, is Hamura's Essence. Creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and flying. Uh, and they get for red, just red. Uh, this creature gets plus one, plus zero until end of turn. Essentially, they give all of your creatures uh, Plus two, plus two, flying and fire breathing, ah. uh, turning them all into dragons. Essentially, it's beautiful. Uh, so, uh, as a quick thing, this deck uh, intends for you to do that, get get it flipped, and then uh, immediately start uh, stealing your opponent's creatures and flying them into them, but, uh, and but then. Andy. I yeah. have a
1: question, please. How will you ever flip Homura if she can, if it can't block? You'll exactly. just swing and no one will block. They'll just take four. It will be fine. Beautiful. For
0: them. If that's the case, great. Um, but uh, with that, uh, with also the kind of the steely theme is like a sack to a uh, throw, throw creatures. Uh, you know, uh, you've got. Uh, your fling type effects. Uh, I've got, I've got a, a few. eleven. Yeah, <laughs> I've got eleven in my sack outlet uh, stack. Uh, granted, this includes Ashen Altar, but you know, if you're stealing stuff, might as well not give it back. You've got your 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 staples like fling, goblin bombardment, which kind of led me toward more of a goblin theme as well. Like that's like a second. Like a sub theme, I guess, is is goblins. Uh, because goblins ended up doing what I wanted them to do. Yeah, uh, and there were a lot of goblins in Canada. The the Aki were uh, uh a pretty cool flavor of of goblins that uh I really wanted to embrace in this deck. The original uh the when I had started building this commander uh deck, I don't remember who was my original I don't even think they're in this deck anymore. Uh, just because, like, I think I got this deck up to 120-ish cards and I had to knock it back down. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's very goblin-based. So, obviously, for throwing, my throwing category, I also goblin grenade just because, you know, five damage for a simple one mana yeah. and sack a simple 1-1 goblin is pretty great. Uh, I like Thud because it's cheaper than fling, even if it's at sorcery speed. Generally, you're going to be using these things at sorcery, sorcery speed anyway, because you'll have stolen something first combat or first main phase, attacked with it second, uh, during combat, and then second main phase you uh, sack it and fling, thud, goblin bombardment, etc. So, um, I gotta say,
1: I had never seen thud before and uh, so when I came on when I when I'm when I was going through your list I see this card for one manacle thud and I'm like what (laughs) the heck and yeah it's exactly what you've described at sorcery speed uh and the picture it's this innocent little goblin looking down not looking up at this thing that's about to completely crush him uh this this is a great card I I appreciate that it's sorcery speed, so there's some limitations there. You get to do the damage to any target. It costs one red. This is what you're looking for. Um, And I think that's going to be spectacular, especially considering you're not going to be stealing somebody else's 1-1. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to take their big creatures and fling them. Or, I guess, thud them.
0: (laughs) Or... In the case of Surtland Flinger, which is one of uh, the newer, I guess, cards in this deck, uh, yeah. it's a three red, red, four, six giant berserker. Uh, whenever it attacks, you may sacrifice another creature. Generally, it's going to be, you know, somebody else's creature. Uh, when you do, Sertlin Flinger deals damage equal to the sacrifice creature's power to any target. Uh, so it's, the you know, the fling idea. Yeah. Uh, if sacrifice creature was a giant... It deals twice that da- much damage instead, right. which, you know, you're never relying on, but it's there <laughs> if you need it. Uh, but uh, I I love that, you know, I've got artifacts, I've got enchantments, I've got instants, I've got sorceries, uh, all trying to make you get rid of your creatures. Um, it's wonderful. I, uh, <laughs> I also had to take a moment to... Add in some creatures that were just big in case I wasn't able to get to those like steely effects. Yeah. Um, so, like, I've got Ashen Monstrosity, which is a 7 4 with haste and it attacks each turn if able. Yeah. Uh, I've got Atomaro, first to desire, which is big um, if your opponents have a lot of cards. Uh, if you're playing against somebody with blue or green, it's probably going to be, I mean, generally going to be probably at least seven. Right, uh, uh, and then I've got uh, patron of the Aki, the Aki Aki, uh, which is uh, a, one of the offering uh, creatures. It's a four red red for a five five goblin offering, so you can play it at flash speed mm-hmm. uh, by sacrificing a goblin and paying the difference in mana costs. So, I mean. You know, goblins are generally lower cost, but, uh, you know, most of these are three, four-ish. So you're going to get Patron of the aki probably around uh, three, four-ish. Maybe even down to two. Maybe uh, just (laughs) generic colored. Granted, this deck only uses red, so it doesn't really matter. Um, But... Uh, when it attacks creatures, you control get plus two plus zero until end of turn, which also, uh, made me realize like, oh yeah, the other side of this commander, uh, gives my creatures flying, which wonderful, uh, all my creatures are just always flying. Um, and they've got fire breathing, right? So I've got, you know, ways to, I've got other ways to pump things up. I've got trumpet blast, which is just a great, like, yeah. Uh, if you're finishing somebody off, uh, I've got Torbran, which just adds two damage to any uh, red source that I have. Uh, I've got captive flame, which uh, is just an enchantment that is like kind of like targeted fire breathing. Yeah. Um, in case sure. I don't have the enchantment out. Sure. Or I mean, just most of addition. the time
1: when you can pick and choose which creatures get fire breathing, that's right. kind of what you're essentially getting uh, humorous essence anyway. Um, yeah just because that way you can pick the one that's being blocked and kill their creature if you need to you can pick the one that gets through crank up the damage um yeah when you've got captive flame and your captain and your commander well now suddenly they really they have to block yeah they're gonna be dead quick otherwise so
0: (laughs) i think yeah captive flame is a little uh redundant in this deck but i think uh overall it it probably doesn't need to be in the deck but it's fine for what it is um yeah. but like you know all of these things require a lot of mana um i i have 40 land in the deck which generally is more than enough for a very aggro red deck yeah uh especially where i've got astronaut's altar i've got Soul Ring in the deck but uh with the fire breathing technique uh you need even more mana so i've got things like Treasonous Ogre um which uh you know you pay three life to add a red uh which adds up quickly but if you need it you need it if Right. you need that little last little bit left uh i've got thermopod which is a four three for five it's a slug uh snow creature uh and for snow it gets haste until end of turn so snow can be paid with one mana from any snow permanent uh Or one mana, yeah, from a snow permanent. Uh, And then sacrifice a creature to add red to your mana pool, which, notably, is red snow mana. You can give it self-taste by sacrificing a creature. Uh, Skirk Prospector, 1-1 for one. Sacrifice goblin to add red. Great. You're going to be creating probably a lot of goblins. I've got 14 goblins. And that's not including Siege... I mean, it's including Siege Gang Commander, but Siege Gang Commander creates more goblins. Right. I yeah. guess also I've got Clark Clan Stoker. No yeah. relation. Uh, for uh, two and a red, tap, sacrifice an artifact, add red, red to your mana pool. Uh, it's a 2-2. Two, two. It is a goblin if you want to sack it for, uh, you know, Thermopod or whatever. Skirt so, Andy, Prospector. when we were
1: talking about the deck before, um, mm-hmm. before we went on... Um... I was commenting that Astronauts altar and soul ring were mm. the only artifacts that you had. So I wasn't yeah. sure if Clark clan stoker made any sense. I know that Felden um, makes artifact creatures and I think you're just about to start talking about brass's bounty. So yeah, uh, so that,
0: Felden that makes well. artifact creatures, which is great because, uh, again, uh, you have to sacrifice those anyway. So like if you've got Clark clan stoker out and you just need a little bit of mana. Great. Uh, Brass's Bounty creates a bunch of treasures. Uh, yeah. So uh, you can essentially tap Kark Clan Stoker to make one of those treasures add two red instead. Oh. Um, and then the other side of Bergy is also a uh, an artifact. Uh, oh, okay. Granted, you probably don't want to necessarily... You're not going uh, to
1: sack the yeah. Harnfell Horn of Bounty, but...
0: You know. um, I have that under more mana... Uh, stack but honestly uh Harnfell Horn of Bounty I've found in the ways that I've played uh Harnfell is probably a better choice uh to play over Bergy because you're not generally playing a lot of spells per turn in this deck so Harnfell uh generally would be would more belong in some sort of card draw uh pile which i don't have in here um but uh you know you can take a look at my 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 uh threaten effects i've got active aggression active treason besmirch blind with anger captivating crew grab the reins kari's evs expertise molten primordial threatened and word of seizing all of them essentially say target a creature take it untap it give it haste uh except for grab the reins, which is one of my favorites. Uh, it was a card that I found out about through our friend, uh, Josh. Mm-hmm. I was playing one of his decks and came across this card and I was like, Whoa, not only does it give that creature haste, uh, right. you can also sacrifice a creature, uh, and, uh, grab the reins deals damage equal to that creature's power to target creature or player. Yeah. So, um, if you want to, you can spend the ent- entwine cost uh, in addition and do both of them. So for or is it yeah? Uh, no, is just the just the entwine cost? I don't I don't know. I guess I don't know how entwine works. Let's see.
1: No, right, you pay but, you pay both.
0: So okay,
1: you grab the reins with entwine is going to cost you seven.
0: So it's five red red. Yeah. So uh, but because they happen in that order. Uh, you can, I believe, gain control of somebody else's creature and then immediately sack it, uh, yeah, to deal damage to any target, uh, which is pretty sweet uh, if you need it. Um, I've got a uh, red elemental blast in my ways to stay alive. Uh, Let's package, talk about
1: red is... elemental blast for just a second. Yes, please, um, folks. If if you haven't played with red elemental blast you really should uh it is one red mana for an instant i know it says interrupt don't worry about that it's an instant (laughs) Uh, counter target counter a blue spell or destroy a blue permanent so if you have it as the spells being cast you get to counter it great what a wonderful day you get to you get to hammer at that blue mage and it only costs you one red and you get to mess with them on their terms, which is just wonderful.
0: However, You get to counter that, that awful cyclonic rift that appeared out of nowhere. Right. That
1: stormtide leviathan. You, you would just counter <laughs> it.
0: And you don't have to deal with any of, the,
1: any of the fallout from it. However, if you don't have the red elemental blast in hand, well, not a problem. Because, you know, when that tide leviathan is, is sitting there causing you issues well now you sucker the blue player because hey check it out right before the start of my turn yeah i'm gonna play red elemental blast i'm gonna take out your stormtide leviathan and now all my dudes can attack yay red (laughs) Uh, this is just it's such a good card it does not get played enough um do not kid yourself don't don't pass on this just because it says blue uh (laughs) Trust me, almost every game you play, you're going to be happy to see it. There are just, there are so many people playing blue. Yeah. There's no way, there's, it's so rare when this is not going to hit and not hit I day think. Day.
0: Yeah. And personally, honestly, like most of the things I would want to counter are blue, which are generally counters, uh, or, uh, control magic type effects. Right. Um.
1: and i love that and i love that it's counter or destroy the permanent yeah because like control magic it's great to be able to counter it but you know if they're stealing my creature to swing at somebody else well you go ahead take my creature you swing at this person that's wonderful are you finished oh good now i'll take it back because
0: you won't be getting to swing at me it makes but, it ultimately like extremely flexible. Yes, it's and amazing. For
1: only one red, I mean, and you can play it any time. The card is outrageous. It is. It is so good. And yes, I know. I know. It only. It's only good against blue. I uh, That's a good thing. You, you need. <laughs> you need this, and trust me, you will not be sad that you that you added this to your deck
0: and if you're looking online and you find like oh like ugh, it's like an expensive card just get the whiteboarded version it's a dollar yeah um yeah, they're, <laughs> it's they're still stupid cheap and you can get them yeah. all over the place oh absolutely i i love this card for the things that we've said and i mean i mean i'm gonna be honest i have to be very straightforward there are there are they're our sponsor for the episode, so you know yeah you know take take our word with a grain of salt but it is an excellent card um and belongs in ways to stay alive because what this deck really wants you to do is just have the creatures do the creature thing of attack and then if they die they die if not sacrifice them um so i mean along the same lines we've also got anger to give things haste heartless hit itsugu to just toy with people's life totals in the web of war for also haste burn down the house to get rid of the board or create more creatures i mean it creates three devils or deals five damage to each creature planeswalker
1: Um, andy let's let's not wash over in the web of war Um, okay i know that there's a lot of people who aren't real excited about this because it costs five and i get that but with this deck not only does it give the creatures haste so they can swing immediately, so that the creatures that you steal, if you've stolen a creature and it doesn't get haste from the, the theft ability, in the Web of War is there to back you up and has got you covered. But more importantly, when a creature comes into play under your control, it gets plus two, plus zero. This is a deck where you're throwing the creatures, and quite often you're throwing a creature based on its power. So even if you get, if uh, Aki Drill Master is the card that comes into play. Well, now it has haste. And now it's also a 4-2 creature. So you swing in with it, hope to do damage, and if not, no problem, you're just going to fling it anyway. And now you're going (laughs) to fling it for 4 damage instead of just 2. So all of these little tiny creatures just get so much better and so much bigger. And if you've got Homura's essence out on top of that, well, that little... uh, that little drill master was actually a 4-4 four, four flyer, and you added plus two to it, you made it into a 6-4 flyer, and it only costs three. It's gonna hammer the guy. Yeah. And then you can then at that point fling it after combat and do six more. I mean
0: That's yeah, that's kind of like the the basis for why I kind of uh went down the path of the fling type deck where it uh, it, like because I have these these pumpable abilities like I've got Captive Flane I've got you know Homura and uh, Torbrand right. or whatever like I kind of went for those that idea of like getting things bigger once I did have them so that when I did fling them they did more yeah. um, rather than just the normal effect um, yeah you can't
1: rely on I mean you don't want to be flinging you know 1-1 one, one, and 2-2 two, two creatures and relying on trying to win based on two points of damage at a time this is yeah. commander that's that's just not going to be effective and remember most of your fling effects are only targeting one player so you really do need to to have plenty and be able to really hammer home with this and a lot of yeah. times you're not even you don't even want to use the fling immediately hey i mean if your creatures still alive
0: eh,
1: <laughs> maybe I'll wait another turn before i use the ability and sort of yeah. go that route.
0: So. What I, yeah, and what I like with In the Web of War, even though it's five mana, it's an enchantment. Um, yes. And it is essentially an enchantment version of Ogre Battle Driver, which is four mana. So for instead of three red-red, it's two red-red on a 3-3 three, three body. Right. So, like, obviously Ogre Battle Driver, extremely easy to take care of. You know, just lightning yeah. bolt it, it, whatever. Yeah. Uh, much harder to deal with an enchantment. So, uh the five mana cost hardly an issue. Uh, yeah. I mean, generally speaking. And then, I mean, obviously, this deck can create a lot of mana through its many, many ways. I've got Leyline Tyrant in case I just like have a lot of mana building up. Uh, right. Leyline Tyrant says you don't lose unspent red mana as, state, as steps and phases end, and that's you know turn after turn after turn. If you're just you know tapping out at the end of uh, the person before you start, sure. you you start to have this huge red pool, uh, which is why I've got things like earthquake in here, uh, in case you just have a higher life total than everybody else, you just earthquake everyone to death or bane fire, which can't be countered. Um, right. If X is five or more, and it's gonna be. Um, oh yes, absolutely. Right. Uh, the beautiful thing too about Leyline Tyrant is that if you do have, you know, your f- pool full of red mana, if somebody kills it. Uh, it has that that uh, that triggered ability of when it dies, you may pay any amount of red. When you do, it deals that much damage to any target. Uh, so it's always it's always a nice like uh, <laughs> revenge plot. Uh, yeah, and the nice part with so.
1: your uh, with your land package, I think mm-hmm. Temple of the False God is the only non-red mana producing land you have. So yeah, uh, you're really gonna you're really gonna hammer home. Um,
0: uh, and mm-hmm. if you're if you're looking at this on Architect, you'll notice that kazool's Free is in fact a uh, it's it's twofold. It's one, my 40th land, <laughs> even though it's a spell, uh, and two, it's a fling spell uh, for two and a red, sacrifice a creature as an additional cost, deals damage equal to uh, yeah. equal to sacrifice creature's power to any target, which is great. So if you've got it, you know, early game, if you have it in your opening hand, just play it as land. You've got other ways to sacrifice things. Um if you've got a late game, even better. Because <laughs> then you can use it for the spell side. Uh and um
1: I also noted Valakit the molten pinnacle in your land stack. Uh when you're talking thirty seven mountains, that makes mm-hmm. perfect sense.
0: Oh absolutely. Um, um yeah, no, this is definitely from like I, I had it in my, my original EDH deck, which was Heartless go Also makes an appearance in this deck. Also Kamigawa. Right. Uh, and I'm just like, oh yeah, no, this is a powerful card. Uh, if you are looking to play a budget version of this deck, just take that one card out and the deck comes to $100. Okay. Um, I That was unintentional, but it did help when I was up to 120 cards and being like, how do I decide what to choose to cut? And, right. And uh, generally speaking the more expensive cards weren't actually helping the deck do its thing. Uh, so. I will say, uh, if you're looking yep. to
1: completely blow the budget on this deck, make all of your mountains into snow-covered mountains and that way Thermopod Pod has, oh, yeah. has the, the snow mount, the snow mana any time um and you don't even need to sack the creature i'll just it.
0: draw a snowflake on all my mountains how about that
1: there we go that
0: will yeah. work <laughs> um just, just ask your play group first and I mean, honestly like snow mountains are terribly expensive um but at least yeah, for 37 no. of them there are <laughs> <laughs> yeah right uh i yeah i I'm really excited about this deck uh it's it's so funny every time we do this exercise of of make a deck for this episode i just like i get so inspired to want to make more decks and play more and obviously with with uh the disease um it's it's been it's been tough to not be able to get together and play in person yeah uh, and I think especially, you know, we're now on the other side of the holidays and trying to trying to keep safe and I'm I, I have so many decks that I just want to try and play and well, uh, and the nice part about this
1: deck mm-hmm. is and I understand there's a significant package that steals creatures. And you know, mm-hmm. when you're playing online, you know, using spell table that generally it can be difficult to do that. But yeah. this deck it steals the creature and sacks it. Almost, oh, yeah. almost right away. So almost this isn't, immediately. this isn't a case of you having to keep track and write them all down with your uh, you know, write them all in down on markers and mark your tokens and you know, here I'm going to have to use a token that's a copy of your creature. No, no, here. I'm just going to drop this piece of paper. That's your creature. Uh, okay, we can keep track of this for 20 seconds. I'll do my thing. Boom, it's gone. Uh, so I think this deck will play will play very well on spell table.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, And I think too, like, um... You know i feel like day to day there's a new there's a new drama on twitter uh on magic twitter uh because i mean that's what that site does is just generate drama um and i think like every time we do this exercise it renews my my love for the game and it it renews my my excitement for this podcast and i think like overall it, it ends up being you know like it holds me over for two weeks until we start again. It uh, it just does it does amazing things uh, doing this exercise. And if any of you out there have also uh, built a, a Kamigawa themed deck or any of the past themes that we've done, we've done I don't know we've uh, this is our fifth one. So uh, send send us a link, send us a list. We'd love to see them. I know I'll probably at some point be putting this list together. Uh, in paper for at least a game just to see how it goes um well yeah and here's a challenge to the
1: listeners spread the word about about this don't even spread the word about our about our podcast spread the word about this particular podcast because i just took a look and right now on edh rec there are 42 homura human ascendant decks let's bring that over 100 let's bring it over 100 I mean, how hard is this? I mean, this is a cool card. There's all sorts of ways you can <laughs> you can you can mess with this in all kinds of ways. Give it a shot. I mean, you know, it, it just this just makes good sense. Yeah. I mean, why not? Have fun with it.
0: Yeah. And I think like with my renewed love for this podcast, uh, not that it ever went down, it only <laughs> goes up uh, with time because I love doing this uh, and. As, as with any season it all comes to an end uh, <laughs> Jesus uh, we'll be back in two weeks oh. don't fret we'll be back uh, February 9th we've got a cool season coming up for you it's all gonna be about ca- casual magic amazing amazing yeah. how this this podcast thing works uh, share us with your friends we'd, we'd love we'd love to hear from more people uh, about their experience with low powered casual magic whether it's 60 yeah. card or commander uh because we're temple of false pod where our decks are not optimized but our plays sure as heck are fun my name is andy hi i am bruce thank you so much for listening uh we hope to see from you many many a deck many card uh let us know what you think thank you so much for listening have a great night may your fifth land be the temple Bye. wait wait before you go I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at burned, and I'm at Andy Weekend. though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel, Uh, like a video there, leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!